and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. Today's topic, Hal Puthoff. That's correct, Hal Puthoff. Now, he's an engineer, a research scientist, actually, that's done a lot of work for the government. He's been associated with the recent Senate intelligence hearings where they talked about these off-world vehicles. He's also partnered up with Tom DeLong. Now, I got a message from one of the listeners that I thought was interesting, and they asked if I'd known that Hal had reached, uh, at some point in his life, the highest uh, degree of Scientology that a person could attain. And that got my attention because I was under the impression that that took decades to do and cost lots and lots of money. Now, I don't really have any contact other, with Scientology other than, I've got a kind of a funny story. I used to know a guy, he's passed away, he was a... Uh, he was a comedian, actually, in L.A. for a few years until his health started to decline. And he came back to where we live now. And uh, we would be hanging out with friends and stuff. And he, he always had these great stories from L.A. I mean, he had a hundred of them. He'd met actors and all different kinds of stuff. And he was a really funny guy. The one story that he told that I don't think he ever really got the humor of, but I thought was just hilarious, was at the time that he got recruited into Scientology. Now, he goes and spends, like, he's living in L.A., and he spends, like, a five days uh, in this recruitment process, I guess, where they bring these people in, they put in these rooms, and they do these tests, and they ask them questions, and it's hilarious, because like by day four or five, maybe five it was, he tells me how he's tasked with putting together like this woodblock puzzle or something, and, and he's explaining, this guy's straight out of central casting, he looks like a cross between Chris Farley and, uh, I don't know, John Goodman. I mean, he's just hilarious. Anyway, he's talking about putting this puzzle together, and he can't get it. So finally, after a couple of attempts, they uh, they call up with like this, I don't know, 11, 12-year-old girl. He says, they're like, hey, Sally, come here. Can you show, you know, him how to do this? And she basically just whips this puzzle together like in three seconds, and he's like, yeah, he says, you know, they would do stuff like that. They would they would give you something to do. If you couldn't do it, they'd have a kid do it. And I got to laughing about it because I could just see this guy, you know, being schooled by this 12-year-old kid. And then he tells me that uh, shortly after that, um, they told him, they, they, they asked him not to come back. And that was hilarious to me. So ever from that point on, whenever we'd be somewhere and we'd be hanging out, I'd be like, hey, tell them about the time that you failed Scientology. And he would kind of get this sad look on his face and be like, no, I really didn't fail. I'm like, no, dude, you failed Scientology. So that's kind of the closest I've got to the whole Scientology thing. But I do know that they um, have a, seem to have a lot of interest, I guess. It was started by L. Ron Hubbard, right? And they have this whole thing about the intergalactic warfare and maybe Earth being kind of a prison planet. So when the listener told me that um, Hal Puthoff had been into Scientology, I was curious about that. And so I, I decided to do a little bit of background research on Hal. And I started off with Wikipedia. And it says here, Harold E. Puthoff, born January 20th, 1936, is an American engineer and parapsychologist. In the 2010s, he co-founded the company To The, to the Stars with Tom DeLong. Now he's Fairly old guy at 84. This is occupation engineer, parapsychologist, and known for gravitational and paranormal research. It says in 1967, 
Puduff earned a Ph.D. in electrical engineering from Stanford University. He then worked with and invented tunable lasers and, a, <clears throat> and electron beam devices cons concerning which he holds patents, and he is co-author with R. Pantel of Fundamentals of Quantum Electronics. It goes on, it says, uh, Puduff took an interest in the Church of Scientology's in the late 1960s and reached what was then the top OT seven level by 1971. Puthoff wrote up his wins for a Scientology publication claiming to have achieved remote viewing abilities. In 1974, Puthoff also wrote a piece for Scientology's Celebrity Magazine stating that Scientology had given him a feeling of absolute fearlessness. Puthoff severed all connection with Scientology in the late 1970s. And then it says, uh, in the 1970s and 80s, Puduff directed a CIA-DIA-funded program at SRI International to investigate paranormal abilities, collaborating with Russell Targ in a study of the purported psychic abilities of Yuri Geller, Ingo Swan, Pat Price, Joseph Manale, Maneagle and others as part of the Stargate project. Both Putoff and Targ became convinced Geller and Swarm had genuine psychic powers. However, Geller employed sleight-of-hand tricks. In 1985, Putoff founded a for-profit company, Earth Tech International, in Austin, Texas. At about the same time, he founded an organization Institute for Advanced Studies in Austin, also in Austin, Texas, where he is director. Now, I found <clears throat> I found the actual site of the company, and if you go to the Twitter uh, UFO warning site, of course, you can get there by going to uh, at warning sub UFO, do a follow back. You'll see a Google Earth image of this pretty good sized building, this Institute for Advanced Studies in, in uh, Austin. It's a little confusing, though, because there's also one in New Jersey, but I don't think it's got anything to do with him. It says, yes, this is independent. But So he's got this, basically this think tank, I guess you would call it, going on down there in Austin. And that's something to keep in mind, because Hal Putoff is connected to people like Bob Bigelow, uh, Senator Harry Reid, and, of course, Tom DeLong. Now, it says here, Putoff and EarthTech were, were granted a U.S. patent 5,845,220 in 1998 after five years' delay. The claims were disputed that information could be transmitted through a distance using a modulated potential with no electric or magnetic field Components. Well, it almost sounds like he's trying to um, trying to trying to patent, you know, an ESP here. It says the case is used for educational purposes in patent law as an example of a valid patent, where quote the lesson of the Putoff patent is that in a world where both types of patents are more and more common, even a competent examiner may fail to distinguish innovation from pseudoscience. Now, 
the writing there is a little bit cloudy, but from what I could tell, basically what happened is is that Putoff put this, he got a patent, it took him five years to do it, for something that amounts to ESP. He's saying that you can communicate information a distance through a modulated potential with no electric or magnetic field components. You don't plug it into a wall. You don't generate electricity. So how is it happening? So that's a very kind of... Um, it's, it's just kind of a very... You almost have to infer what's going on here. So he's and he's patenting this thing, this, this, this new type of communication that nobody can understand. And then for five years, the patent office fights him on it and says, you can't patent this thing. It's imaginary. It's pseudoscience. But what happens? Well, he gets his patent all right, and somebody else gets their butt chewed. Basically, they took this as an example case to teach other patent office employees that, hey, even though this thing looks like pseudoscience, it's not, and you can't disrespect people this way. You have to give them their patent. That's what I'm taking from this. That's really really a, a, an interesting incident incident that happened back in 1998, especially since we know that um, Putoff is so uh, into um, this remote viewing stuff and all these uh, psychic stuff, the parapsychology stuff. Now we have, if you go to the, if you go to the website, uh, ufowarning.com. I have all the links there. And in fact, you can also go to uh, the actual website for the Institute for Advanced Studies in Austin. And then under the About section, and this is Hal's baby, it says the Institute for Advanced Studies at Austin was founded in 1985 by Harold Putoff, Ph.D., and later incorporated under EarthTech International in 1991, is an innovative research facility with a high-powered, creative staff dedicated to exploring the forefront reaches of science and engineering. Our research interests include theories of space-time, gravity, and cosmology, studies of the quantum vacuum, modifications of standard theories of electrodynamics, interstellar flight science, and the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, specifically as these topics may apply to developing innovative space propulsion and sources of energy. We strive to transmit these ideas into laboratory experiments. And then it has some more stuff here talking about the research they do. It sounds like they were doing To the Academy of Stars before Tom DeLong got his first computer plugged in. I mean, these guys are something. And Putoff is a smart guy if you've ever seen him. He, he's got their credentials. There's no doubt about it. Now, I found also um, there is a YouTube video. It's just a short one, but they had a quote in there from him. Um, George Knapp was actually talking to him about um about the whole UFO situation and uh, whether or not um, the government had um, had uh, retrieved material from a UFO crash. 
And this is what he says, and you can go there to uh, ufowarning.com and you can actually play the video for yourself. It says, it says, quote, detailed proof that crashes had happened would be so highly classified, would be so highly classified pieces of data. There has been one leaked document. How it got leaked, I'll never know, which is out there, that talks about some crashes that we were able to verify. It was a real document. My opinion is there are probably at least materials. Now, it wouldn't necessarily have to be crash of an entire craft, but it could be a piece of blown off whatever by a lightning strike or a missile or whatever. So I am not surprised to find out that there's discussion of material being available. We've had an opportunity to look at some unusual material. And I think that is a big area that will become more significant as time goes on. And the interesting thing about it was that I couldn't figure out a very complex material. Wow, this guy is a pretty high-level PhD, and he says, And the interesting thing about it was that I couldn't figure out a very complex material. So that's, he's basically telling you that he can talk about this because the paper's been leaked. So he can do this without violating his secrecy oath. So what he's saying is, is that we do have material, at least one instance of it. He says, we've had an opportunity to look at some unusual material, and I think that is a big, is a big area, area that will become more significant as time goes on. And the interesting thing about it was that I couldn't figure out a very complex material. When you talk to people that are doing this kind of research, all the, all the elements on the periodic it says we know about all the elements on the periodic table, so you are not finding some new element that you don't realize is on the periodic table. No, it's more like putting together layers of various kinds of materials that you wouldn't expect to be able to, to be layered, and the result of and the result at the end of the day is that it has certain unusual characteristics that you wouldn't have predicted in advance. So that is the kind of thing to a physicist is the most interesting. And they have some pictures here of some of these different uh, UFO metamaterial that we've probably seen before where the stuff is just layered in either super thin layers, or as he said, you're finding uh, you're finding metals that are blended or layered one on top of another that you just don't find in nature. It tells me that they've been doing research on this stuff for quite a while. And this is the kind of stuff that's going on in these, uh, I don't know if you'd call them black projects, maybe we could call them gray projects, but there's all this research that's happening, and a lot of it, you can start to see the shift, which I think happened probably 20 or 30 years ago, where they're shifting um, the actual experiments and the actual custody of the UFO metamaterial from places like the Defense Department or the U.S. Navy to these outside subcontractors, whether it be somebody like this... Uh, Institute for Advanced Studies in Austin, or whether it's one of uh, Bigelow's operations, or apparently now to the Academy of Stars is uh, the new kid on the block. 
So you, what you're seeing is you're seeing um, the knowledge, basically. You're seeing the material itself. You're seeing all the data surrounding it, all this, all this uh, center of knowledge, as far as UFOs are concerned, being shifted from government databases and government agencies into for-profit private companies. And like we've talked about on the show before, when you do that, it severely limits uh, what people are able to find through FOIA requests. It also, it just keeps the whole public uh, in the dark. So when someone like uh, Marco Rubio comes along and says, oh, well, we've got this new system of reporting and we're going to develop this new UFO task force and they're going to develop biannual reports uh, to Congress, you can see where this can all be bypassed by simply subcontracting the work out to private corporations. And I think it's important to talk about the people that uh, pioneer those corporations, whether it's Bob Bigelow uh, or whether it's uh, Hal Putoff. These are super intelligent guys. A lot of them are really getting up there in years right now. But you see them pop up again and again as they... Uh, is it comes out that they've done work, highly classified work for the Department of Defense, and then they shift from that role maybe uh, into a role as a research scientist for a year or two, or they shift into the role as just a private contractor. And I think these people are important to understand because we have to appreciate how smart some of these guys are. I mean, these aren't the guys that are... Um, you know, necessarily working at the burger counter or behind a desk somewhere or even the CEO of a company. These guys are PhDs, are super smart guys. And the problem is is that they they are sworn to secrecy. There's just so much they can tell us. But the, the whole thing with Putoff is he, he interests me because he is so uh, eclectical, I guess you would say. He's into everything, everything from ghosts to UFOs. I mean, he's into this whole parapsychological field, uh, considers himself to be a remote viewer. So he's taken the whole UFO phenomena to the next level. Like I said before, when they reclassified these things from UFOs to uh, UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomena, it's almost like they reclassified these things from machines to ghosts. And you can kind of see how the physics that these guys are using are goes along with that. They're trying to develop an understanding of these things based not so much on the classical uh, mechanical physics, but on quantum physics or even greater. We saw that when we talked about the skunks works, when they said they had to develop a whole new regimen of physics and bring the engineers up to that level just to be able to build that first tail fighter. Now that's been, what, 30, 40 years? You can imagine where they're at now. So these guys are, these guys are moving right along. I mean, we're thinking uh, in terms of multiplication along division, and these guys have left calculus in the dust decades ago. That's another thing. I think it's. I don't think that we understand at how much of a disadvantage that we're at when we, as just normal everyday people, are trying to deal with uh, individuals uh, who not only uh, are operating at such a high level IQ, but but basically can just use the uh, the U.S. government or the Department of Defense to cloak any kind of work that they choose to choose choose to engage in. And overall, I would say he is a really interesting fellow. And I think even though he's 84 years old, 
as this whole UFO thing coalesces and you see more and more of the data and the material and the knowledge that we have about these things being uh, funneled into these for-profit companies, uh, these are the people that you have to look out for because uh, they're starting to make limited disclosure, but then the question becomes, are they telling us something because they want us to know, or, are they just, or is it just more uh, narrative control? Uh, at any rate, that's the uh, skinny on Hal Putoff, and I'm sure there's lots of other interesting things uh, stories about him, but it seems like his general location uh, for work is in Austin, Texas, and he's connected to all of the old-timers and all of the, the, the current people, it seems like they're in that field, at the top of that field. Now, as I said, you can go over to the website, ufowarning.com, and I keep everything listed there, and uh, I think if you're interested in the podcast, if you're in the program, Go there, at least get an idea of where the website's at. That way, if something would happen where you can't find the podcast anymore, you'll still be able to stay in contact at that website. I'm going to try to get a Dropbox set up here pretty quick where people can send me uh, videos. I had a really good video sent from Montana, and I'm waiting for that because I I, I stupidly told the, uh, the fellow to send it to the Twitter uh, to DM me. And then I found out that uh, once you do that, it's just locked there on your Twitter account. You're not you're not able to uh, download the video. And I, the more I use Twitter, the more I'm learning uh, how it lacks in so many ways. So I'm going to try to get that Dropbox set up, or you can still send stuff to the uh, Gmail account, UFO Warning Channel at gmail.com, so we can post some of this stuff. I did put up I put up a couple. Uh, on YouTube, you can go over there and look on the YouTube channel. You can link to that from the UFO Warning Channel. And uh, it's amazing some of the stuff that people are seeing out there. Like this one from Montana. It uh, basically shows these three or four orbs, and you have the people in the background discussing what they're seeing. This is the kind of stuff that um, we're trying to disseminate. Because this is how we do our own disclosure. We, we, vid- we video these things. And then we post them, and then we start talking about them. And also on the site, there was a link to, uh, recently in Montana, a square-shaped uh, UFO. These things have been popping up, too. They're very strange. They're in a very square shape, they, as opposed to like an orb. So um, if you have something like that that you'd like to share, like I said, send it to the, you can DM me on uh on Twitter, and I'll give you instructions, or send it through the Gmail, or whatever, and we'll try to start posting some more of this stuff, because I just find it fascinating. That's all for today, so until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out.